You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from MakeUsoft.com. My name is Christian Corley and with me is Gavin Phillips. And in this week's show, we're going to be looking at home media streaming devices, sticks, uh, boxes that you connect to your TV, connect to the internet, and then enjoy the magic of Netflix, Disney Plus, or any of those services, BBC iPlayer if you're in the UK something american-based if you're in the u.s that was vague wasn't it uh gavin how are you doing yes very well christian christmas decks are all down and uh we're we're plowing straight into 2022 aren't we i, I we certainly are and um, a, a very belated happy new year to anyone listening to us in june <laughs> uh so um streaming television sticks we, um, I mean, we've looked at these repeatedly on Make Use Of, and surprisingly, we haven't really talked about them on the really useful podcast. So we're going to kind of look, and we're going to be talking about this largely from our own point of view and experience, but uh, we're going to be looking at sticks and the software that runs on them, the operating systems. Now, it's very easy to uh, completely ignore the fact that they are running operating systems, but they are. So we'll be, we'll be looking at that as well. Uh, Gavin, what are you currently using Stream TV? Uh, well, I'll preface it with we have a quite an old TV downstairs. I've had it since uh, maybe 2010. So it's in terms of TV technology, it's uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a duffer really these days. So in in that, I have an Amazon Fire Stick connected to the back of it, so that we can access uh, Netflix, uh, previously mentioned iPlayer, and, and whatnot. So for us in our house, uh, uh, we don't actually have a regular TV aerial in the house. So it's actually our only way of getting live TV or streaming TV Mm -hmm. to the main television in the house. That's interesting. We also don't have a working TV aerial. Aha. So was that that a decision you made or just it broke and the alternatives are now that much better? Um, It basically, it's... uh came off the roof and we decided to leave it off the roof apart from well, the, the poly bit still there um because we had satellite tv at the time so it, it was it there didn't seem to be any point to it but over time we now don't use satellite tv either like you our only recourse for live tv is through a streaming device yeah i think more people than ever are doing that now aren't they so the whole cable cutting um, scene which encourages people to you know give up your cable subscription give up your satellite tv and use streaming services which is really good and gives you more access to a lot of different content but the flip side of that now is we're at the point where many people feel like they're probably paying the same as they were for their cable subscription aren't they well it's interesting you say that because maybe around the time you got your tv maybe going a few years later 2015 Cable cutting was kind of a niche thing, wasn't it? It was a bit sort of, um, uh, what do they call it in the US? A prepper-ish, wasn't it? It was cut your cable, go off the grid, and hoard loads of food and fuel. It was, it was, you know, it was bundled in with all that sort of thing. But cutting cable has kind of accidentally gone mainstream, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think more people than ever don't necessarily want to be tied to a cable subscription that gives you bundles in a lot of channels you're never ever going to watch you know i remember the first time uh, my family ever had sky in the uk that's you know the, the uk equivalent of cable tv yeah. and 
um running through the channels and being like wow this is amazing up until you know what channel 50 or 60 or 100 and then realizing that the rest of it was absolute rubbish <laughs> that you would never watch ever i remember when the uh, sky digital came along and it it was it gave them the opportunity to publish more channels on sky tv and also games that you could play through your tv box and i suppose that was the that was the early day of an app that you play on your tv device wasn't it basically oh yeah i remember the one and this is very uk so beehive bedlam beehive which bedlam was, which was a bit of a killer game <laughs> i spent so much time playing that game it's not funny <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right though in terms of it was um, a tv package that came with your programs but you could also use the box for other forms of of entertainment couldn't you which yeah. we hadn't really had before no absolutely absolutely uh so well teletext aside i suppose but that's a different podcast entirely so these days, you'd probably be looking at something like a Roku or a Fi TV or Apple TV or NVIDIA Shield, which uses Android TV, which some TVs use, um, your existing TV box or your games console, or you might have a, a, a DIY option. It might be, you might have something installed on a, t on a, on a PC that is then connected to your TV. That's the kind of the old style home theatre PC system that most people don't bother with now because it's not really efficient. You might use a Raspberry Pi as well. There are ways to use Raspberry Pi to um, host the apps that you want. Uh, there's apps um, that will run on Kodi uh, uh, that you can install on Raspberry Pi. You can use Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, all of those things. Uh, what about the uh, Chromecast? I don't like Chromecast. Because no. it's, I mean, it's basically just mirroring, isn't it? And I mean, Chromecast Ultra at least has the option of connecting an Ethernet cable. But at the same, and I like the way they implement that through the plug. But at the same time, it is really just mirroring, isn't it? So it's not really for, I mean, it's useful. But it's not really the solution, is it, that you that you want from your apps? Because you're relying on a mobile device all the time when you're using a Chromecast. Yeah, and you don't have that same ability to flick through on your TV to choose things. And if you're doing it wirelessly as well, there's always the issue of downtime and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've just remembered my dad has a multimedia Blu-ray player. So it does Blu-ray, it has USB slots, and it also uh, offers a few apps. And also the old satellite box that we used to use and the current cable TV boxes, they also include apps although they can be very, very sluggish. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting, though. So pretty much wherever you're looking, there is an app-based system that you can use for streaming TV. Now, we're probably going to be looking more at the ones that are more recognized media streaming devices, the, not ones that do telephone. Uh, telephone? Sorry, television. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> um, so you said you're using a Fire TV stick? Yeah, we've got a Fire TV stick. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's, uh, it was quite an early one. I don't think it's one of the four, nice 4K ones that they have now. Um, but equally, it wouldn't be useful if it was anyway, because yeah. I see if he doesn't do 4K. So. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely something worth considering if you have a, a 4K TV. The Amazon Fire TV stick and the, I believe, the Fire Cube 
do 4K video streaming output, which is which is really good. I think almost. So, what, what do you have? We have downstairs. We have a Rocky Express. Ah, okay, that sounds quite cool. Which is yeah, it's not bad. It wasn't too expensive. It's under forty pounds. I think they're around fifty dollars or something, and it has on it pretty much everything that we want to watch. So we can put Disney Plus on it, Amazon Prime Video because we have an Amazon Prime annual subscription, so we get Prime Video. Netflix, which we share. Well, actually, we share Disney Plus and we share Netflix with uh, my wife's sister. Uh, BritBox, uh, which took a long time to uh, arrive on Roku. It was, mm. it was getting to the point where basically we were streaming from other devices through the Xbox uh, in order to watch anything on BritBox, which was a bit of a pain. <laughs> um, so the app arrived eventually anyway. Um, well, yeah, I mean, almost everything is on the Roku. So it's really easy. It's really convenient. There's You can power it independently of the TV or you can power it with the TV. We were doing it independently of the TV. So you'd switch the TV on, then you switch the Roku on. Uh, but actually, if you power it off the TV, with if the TV has a, a suitable USB port for powering a device, then it comes on when the TV comes on. So it's not it's not using any sort of background uh, power or anything like that. Mm. Uh, that's the device that I'm particularly happy with. But we also have a Fire TV, and like yours, it's an older non-4K version. We have that in our bedroom, and that's okay. I don't mind it too much, but I do find that... I mean, the two things are completely different. The Roku is more of a list of apps, uh, relatively attractively placed, and you can scroll through them and get to what you want. Amazon TV is um, uh, the Fire TV stick. It's just trying to make you buy stuff constantly or click on stuff constantly, isn't it? I do find that. So I know when the kids are on it, every now and then I've come down and found them actually looking at like an Amazon <laughs> page on the TV. And I've gone, oh like sort of how did you even get there yeah <laughs> you're being sort of pushed to buy something i think that's probably also them you know hitting tension so it's not necessarily like being shoved directly down your throat but the opportunity to click on something and buy something is is absolutely there um there's also the thing where you have to buy more apps don't you which i've never been a hundred percent keen on so i mean you got your ones that you have your for that you pay for which is fine but then if you want if you want your fire stick to do anything outside the prescribed you know you will plug it in and it will work then you end up having to fork out a lot more like if you wanted to say if you wanted to stream your pc to your fire stick or something like that you end up having to pay more money again yeah yeah there is a lot of paying for stuff there's also that thing where you can sign up to other services through the amazon prime and that just gets a bit messy, I find. I don't really think it's a good idea. I mean, now saying what I just said about the Amazon stick, we had an Apple TV some years ago, and it's in a drawer because we stopped using it for one reason or another. But I did find that uh, Apple was also very keen on getting you to click on things to buy them. Yeah, I I've, I've, must admit, I've never really used an Apple TV that much. But I guess... I guess at some point in every streaming system, there are points where they're going to want to upsell you things, aren't they? It's yeah, part of the yeah, package. I guess, but then again, I haven't really found that with the Roku. So, um, oh really? No, no. It's 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 basically just 
it's really nice and easy to use and you're not finding yourself buying stuff. They have an advert down the side of the screen, but that's about it. So, and it's usually for another channel that you haven't used. So that's about it. So I, I do, I find it a lot easier to use. It's a lot, it's less busy. You can find what you want faster. So. Yeah, I guess that's what you want, isn't it? You don't want to be bombarded with anything that isn't exactly what you want to watch. Exactly. <laughs> you want to go yeah. in, turn it on, search and view. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think in that from that point of view, they get it absolutely right. Now, I am basing this entirely on the ROCQ Express, and I know they both have the same operating system, but it might be different with the ROCQ Premier Plus. So uh, if that is the case, just let us know. There are other th Have you used an NVIDIA Shield? I had a go at an, on an NVIDIA Shield at an event at one point. I'm not really sure why it was there, but they were just, you know, showing how it would work in conjunction with... Uh, it uses Android TV, doesn't it? So yep. they were showing how it links up to Android TV and how you can, you know, download apps on the Shield and then get them on your TV and stuff like that. So it, lo it looked quite interesting. I think the overall ecosystem Shield seems really useful because you're directly dialed into the google uh store or play store as it's known now isn't it um you can use quite a lot of apps that you might not get support for on other platforms if i'm not wrong yeah so that sounds quite good and uh, obviously there's a gaming element to it as well isn't there yeah absolutely uh so the whole thing with nvidia if if you don't know listen to nvidia are one of the biggest graphics card producers in the world so they're very much interested in getting you involved in in gaming as well so you connect up various different um game controllers to it with via uh, bluetooth um i think the shield outputs at 4k as well so you can play some pretty high quality games on your tv through the shield uh, and you also get access to the GeForce Now streaming service, which is NVIDIA's uh, high-end video game streaming. So if you don't have a game, oh no, sorry, that's not how it works. If you do have a game on another machine, you can stream it to the NVIDIA Shield and play it on your television at very, very high quality, um, like your network speeds pending, of course. Now, what's interesting about that particularly is that it's something that's increasingly being added to uh, smart TVs and streaming sticks. And there is the, um, the Steam Link app, which is already available on Android and iOS, has been appearing on other devices recently. It's coming to uh, LG WebOS TVs and to Android TVs from Samsung. And apparently, it, the, the standard, I mean, you'd have to do a bit of messing about with this, you can apparently get the Android Steam Link app to work on the Fight TV stick. Oh, well, that would be quite cool, wouldn't it? So if you've got an extensive Steam library, you don't need to do anything else. You just and who it. hasn't these days? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same with uh, Steam, Epic Games and all of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I could go for a bit of that, I have to say. Um, I guess it's one of those, as long as it works easily enough that you're not mucking around and it just connects and you play, as we were saying, with, you know, viewing your television programs, you don't want to have to spend ages fiddling around connecting it. Otherwise, you might as well just go and sit back upstairs or yeah. in your office or whatever and play the game there or just switch to your, your Xbox or your PlayStation or whatever's already underneath the television.
and we'll take a moment from our usual podcast proceedings to just remind you that the really useful podcast can be found pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. We're hosted at Transistor.fm, so you can find us there as well. We're also on YouTube and, of course, on MakeUseOf.com. Now, however you subscribe to the Really Useful Podcast and listen to us, it would be amazing if you could take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help us to find new listeners and take our podcast to ever greater heights. You'll find the link to our Apple Podcast page in the show notes. Thanks a lot. Now, the, um, as I mentioned earlier on, there is a different dimension to this, and that is the TVs themselves. Now, we are mainly talking about the sticks, but increasingly TVs are smart TVs, and they come with an operating system. I've already mentioned Android TV and LG's WebOS. There are several others available as well, and these all come with apps available. So we've got the Roku TV, which is an actual TV that comes with Roku OS installed. Uh, there's WebOS, which is the current version of an operating system developed by HP many years ago for a tablet, which was a really, really good tablet. Um, but it just didn't take off in face of uh, the onslaught from uh, the already existing iPad and the, the coming Android tablets. It just uh, sadly never took off. I really liked my uh, HP touchpad. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Android TV, Tizen OS, which is a Linux-based operating system, and Fire TV edition. And of course, the, this is the TV version, Fire TV edition, Amazon's Alexa TV, as it's known. So those are all operating systems that work in more or less the same way as, as the, the stick versions. But the, the thing about this is that as smart TVs become more and more prominent, there's not really any much point in a stick, is there? No, I guess not. Um, for people still desperately clinging on to their old televisions <laughs> they're they're vital but yeah i think it's quite a hard push these days actually to buy a tv without a smart feature isn't it i think you're right yeah i bought i mean i bought a tv last year and this is um, actually now you made me think of this i'm gonna have to look this up uh because uh just for the benefit of the listener we obviously we prepare what we're going to talk about beforehand but we didn't actually consider this aspect of it as i said i bought a tv last year and and decided that actually what it came with, I wasn't really interested in, which was Android TV. I found it intrusive and annoying, and it was just getting in the way. So what I wanted to do was disable it, and I found it really, really difficult to disable it. And the best way of doing that was uh, to set the TV to come onto one of the HDMI channels. And oh, so just just ignore it completely. Just ignore and go it completely. It, yeah, sign out. I've signed into it when I first set up the TV. And I just found it really annoying and irritating, and it it was just it, it was. I found it a bit more even more intrusive than uh, the Amazon Fire environment. So, uh, yeah, I basically ignore it completely now. Just go straight to the HDMI channel where we've got the Roku connected to, and then we've got a different HDMI channel where we've got three games consoles connected, and then we've got a spare HDMI channel in case one of them breaks, as all three did on our previous TV. In getting my head around that, I discovered that you still can get dumb TVs. So you can still buy TVs without all these 
smarts. Unfortunately, they're known as monitors. <laughs> they don't call them TVs anymore. No, they don't call them TVs anymore. No, they're, they're basically monitors. So if you wanted to buy a dumb TV, you would have to buy a monitor. And consequently, you would probably have to buy some speakers for it as well. Oh, well, that is, that's frustrating, surely. Yeah. There's got to be a significant number of people that aren't interested in any form of smart television watching. They just want a regular television that has normal speakers. I'm, I'm genuinely quite surprised by this. Like, there can't, there's got to be enough people out there to warrant not having smart tech. I would think so as well. Now, if you do a search on Amazon for uh, non-smart TV, you will get a few results, but they, they are decreasing. And in those list of results, you will find things that say Amazon certified Alexa built in, which is not, not smart. So <laughs> it's like Amazon is gaming the search results there somewhat. Uh, it is increasingly frustrating. But um, another thing I noticed is you can still get HD ready TVs and these typically won't come with smart things but hd ready basically means 720p doesn't it which is, is a lower resolution than 1080p and you know you're not getting the best picture quality i mean 1080p is kind of like the baseline now isn't it everything above that is great you don't really want to be going dropping below 1080p unless you are building some sort of retro gaming system and want an old crt display Yes, but I think even then, um, lots of the retro gaming stuff even gets upscaled now, doesn't it? To well, not only does it get the... upscaled, you can you can you can sort of software date it. Yeah. So you yeah, can, like like the Evercade Versus comes with a feature to add scan lines and things. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I don't know, but I guess at the point of buying a television, if you you're presented with the opportunity to go for a smart TV. At least if you know what you're getting yourself into, you can make a more informed decision regarding whether you go with a streaming stick or you try and use the integrated smart features of the television. So I guess the best thing is once you're in the store, ask the assistant, you know, can I have a play around with the control and what have you and figure out how it will suit you and the way that you already used your existing TV. Yeah. I mean, obviously, unless you're going up from a, a, a dumb TV to a smart TV, then you won't necessarily get the same thing. But at least you'll get a feel for what's going to happen once you get the television home. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good tip. Um, there's a lot more to be said for uh, looking for a TV and buying a TV, and maybe that's something that we will uh, touch upon in a future really useful podcast. Uh, what I would say is, though, that keep in mind the expected that the price of the TV that you're buying and its expected lifespan are probably linked. Our last TV we only had for two years, and it only cost two hundred pounds. Now I'm pretty sure those two things are linked. Yeah, so well, what broke on your last... Did you say it was the HDMI outputs? All broke? three HDMIs broke, yeah. Oh, see, that's really bad, isn't it? Yeah. All three? That's... All three. Well, you know, a lot of HDMI devices, a lot of plug-in and unplug-in, yeah. doesn't do the, uh, the main board a lot of good, I suppose. Uh, we now have a splitter connected to one for the games consoles. We have the Rocky with its own HDMI, and then we have a spare HDMI in the event of an accident with the other two. So I think 
HDMI isn't really sturdy enough for repeated plugging and unplugging. It's not like USB. So I, th I guess that's why. But I think what I'm saying is, you know, you've got the choice of a cheap TV or a smart TV, and you've also got the opportunity to use a TV stick. The TV stick is going to, from what I've seen so far, is going to last longer than a TV, probably. So it's there by, and, and you know, small and lightweight, they're inherently more flexible as it is. So it might be. I, I personally think that smart TV is a waste of time if you're using a TV stick and they're cheaper than a TV. And I know the two things aren't the same, but what I'm saying is, uh, you know, you could pay a lot of money for a t smart TV. If you can find the dumb version of that TV, then you've got a stick you can plug in, you can buy for, you know, under $50. Yeah, but I guess the, <laughs> as we found out, finding that dumb TV might be... Yeah. Or you could do what I did and just disable. Place. You can try, yeah. Or as you said, I mean, you could buy one of the ones that is categorised as technically as a monitor, and um, you know, buy some speakers and and plug it all in, and maybe it would cost you less overall. You know, four K monitor with a high refresh rate these days isn't that expensive in comparison to quite a decent television. So you, it may just be a cost analysis on a bit of paper and see where you set to earning where you set to lose between the two different options. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's it. You have the great selection of uh, TV streaming sticks, Amazon Fire TV stick or the Cube. Uh, we have the Roku options. We have the Apple TV options. You could use a Chromecast Ultra, but you'd be dependent very heavily on your phone or tablet at the same time that might work for you whatever works for you is good alternatively you can use a games console which we haven't really talked about that much but i don't think many people use the game consoles for tv streaming anyway i could be wrong and i'm happy to be proved that way and um existing tv streaming boxes tv boxes with streaming capabilities i should say for the cable tv or satellite tv and also uh, over the air old style TV through an antenna. They also come with apps built in, as do uh, some Blu-ray devices as well. Do you know what? I haven't seen a new Blu-ray device in ages. I'm wondering if people still buy Blu-ray. They're definitely still in the supermarkets and what have you, aren't they? But I yeah. guess it's sort of like DVDs. Uh, they're just slowly being sort of phased out. I mean, I, I haven't bought a DVD or a Blu-ray in years at this point the last blu-ray disc i got was the, for the new bond movie but i can't remember the last time i saw a player on a shelf and i must have done because i've been in electronic stores but i've certainly not noticed them so unless we're at the point where pretty much everyone who wanted a blu-ray has got a blu-ray now and they're that affordable to get one maybe it could be that it's a, the market's already saturated on blu-ray we'll never know certainly not in the scope of this podcast so Basically, <laughs> use the thing that works best for you. If you were looking for a recommendation, I would say the Roku because it's just so easy to use and it's not intrusive and it has all the apps, all the TV streaming apps that you need. Uh, would you have a recommendation, Gavin? Uh, I would say that I'm, although we did say about the issues with the Fire Stick, for our family's needs, it works perfectly well. You know, you turn it on and, and Netflix is there and the kids can use it with ease. Um, it never really seems to break down other than maybe needing turning off and on again every now and then. And in terms of 
how technical it is well it isn't really is it you plug it in you sign up and, and jobs are good and so uh in terms of overall usage for anybody that's worried about watching programs or wanting to stream their favorite show you can't really go wrong with either of those options i think excellent couldn't put it better myself until next time it's goodbye from us <laughs> <laughs>